Merry Christmas. It's wonderful to see you here. Thank you for braving Winter Storm Elliot and making your way here to St. George's this evening. Uh, I know you're probably not supposed to have favorites, ministers having favorite services like parents having favorite kids. It's not done, but this is my favorite. I love the late service on Christmas Eve. I, it is the best. Well, I, I don't know if you do this at this time of year, but in addition to the festivities, the celebration that all this season brings, I always find myself around Christmas time uh, reflecting upon my life, years that have passed, and then perhaps even um, casting my gaze forward as to what might lie ahead. And invariably, memories come up, maybe memories of Christmas's past, uh, but there are four memories bound by commonality which surface every year, and that's the birth of our four daughters. I can still, in my mind's eye, and even sometimes in my chest, feel the anticipation each time uh, before they were going to be born, that uh, there was going to be a birth. What have I done? <laughs> what, what have I done? Uh, this is going to change my life forever. It's going to change our lives forever. Uh, this addition of this person is going to alter things. Uh, life will never be the same. And it was the, that way with each uh, daughter that we had. Well, at the very heart of Christmas, it comes as no surprise to you, we find this exact event. We have a birth. Behind all the tinsel and the ornaments and underneath the presents, the Christmas cards, woven ever into every single Christmas carol and Merry Christmas that is on our lips, lies this baby in a manger, a newborn for Mary and Joseph, who I'm sure went through some of this same anticipation as they looked forward to this birth. Well, in this anticipation, parents will do a number of different things. They'll prepare in different ways. Perhaps... We set up nurseries, we'll buy colorful clothing, uh, we buy bottles and send out announcements, there's diapers, uh, maybe we get a rocking chair. We, we all have our different particularities, they differ from family to family. But there is something for which all parents anticipate and prepare, and that's the naming of their child, a name. Well, of course, there's generally some conversations about what these names might be. Um, there's all, there were the baby books you could look through. You could look online. What were the popular baby names of the year? Um, I know when my cousin was born, I think the top name for girls that year was Hillary. Uh, I think every other girl for her age is named Hillary. There are loads of Hillary's. Uh, and in Texas, for boys, of course, popular names, you're going to have Colt and Stetson. Um, they're always at the top of the list. And while they may not get much traction, you also have forgotten names. 
uh, one we hear this time of year, but I don't know that I've ever met one, is an Ebenezer. We don't talk about Ebenezers much any longer. Well, in our case, and I think in many cases, people will pick family names. That was the case for our four daughters. All of uh, them were named after women from Mary and Mai's family. Perhaps you named them after somebody that was important in your life. Well, there's another reason which was actually probably the most popular in the ancient Near East and is even popular in other places around the world today, and that is that parents will select names that convey meaning. Choosing a name because that name's definition meant something. And of course, this comes as no surprise either that that's the context for our celebration this evening and tomorrow. The name Jesus. And you see, God wasn't going to leave this one to chance. Uh, every parent out there, I suspect, the, the parents have gotten together and discussed the names. You know, Mary and I prepared to have boy and girl names. We didn't find out the gender ahead of time, so we had names ready, and we'd go back and forth, and I would look, throw one out there, and she'd say, over my dead body. We're never going to name our child that. Um, and so we generally picked names that she liked. <laughs> and I liked too. Um, but God, the Father, wasn't going to leave this to chance. You know, Mary and Joseph weren't left to their own discussions and their own compromising uh, back and forth on the baby. You know, they didn't get to the chance really to say, well, how about David? You know, David's in our lineage, and that's a good name, or... Zadok, doesn't get as much play anymore, but Zadok, you know, he's back there. We could name this baby Zadok. And I can hear, you know, Joseph going, well, those are good. But, uh, you know, Joseph's really a pretty good name. And we can call him Junior. Um, but that was not going to do. God the Father had something of immense importance in mind. It was foretold through the prophets, in angelic visitations. This child would not only change the lives of the parents, Mary and Joseph, forever, but this child would change the history and reality of humanity forever. Sorry, Joseph. You'll have to name someone else Junior, because this child has to be called Jesus. Now, that was not an unusual name for the day, but it had a particular meaning. Jesus means God saves, God rescues, delivers. He will save His people from darkness and from sin. So, Mary, every time you call your son, it's time for dinner, Jesus, you declare His identity and purpose. Joseph, as you teach your boy how to work with stone, with wood, and you call out to him, you are reminded of the graciousness, the goodness of God. Our God rescues and delivers and saves. Well, as we heard in our gospel reading today, 
this birth was anticipated uh, not only by Mary and Joseph, but the angels in heaven are anticipating this. And in fact, they couldn't contain themselves as they appear to the shepherds and it's being told to the shepherds what is going to happen. Um, the skies open up and the angels there, it says suddenly, with this one angel, the multitude of the heavenly hosts are praising God, saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those who He favors or goodwill towards man. Now there's something happening in that declaration from the heavenly host which is really almost too marvelous for words, but words matter. And so I'm going to ask you to indulge me for just a moment. We're going to have a short Greek lesson because words matter. And this was written in Greek and not in English. We've become accustomed to what these words are saying. We hear them every year. Glory to God in the highest. This word glory in Greek is doxa. And it means intention, opinion. The glory of God is the intention of God. It's not just kind of some radiance of aren't I so great, which is kind of how we think of glory. But it's this is my intention. Glory. Peace. This word peace means literally, as in carpentry, to dovetail a joint. And perhaps you've seen exquisite craftsmanship where joints have been seamlessly dovetailed and unified as one. This is what peace entails here. Completely unified. And finally, that phrase, goodwill towards men or those whom He favors, can sound to us like maybe God is playing favorites. But that's not at all what it's saying. The verb tense here. I know it's Christmas Eve and it's what? It's after 10. Uh, the verb tense, it's late, but it matters. It conveys the meaning of humanity is God's delight. Humanity is God's delight. So if we put that all together, what was the angelic host who couldn't help themselves? The skies rip open and it says the heavenly hosts praising God are saying God's highest and grandest intention in the heavens is dovetailed upon earth in unbroken, incarnate oneness in a human being, and He exhibits God's delight for mankind. Well, that's pretty good. That's very good. That's very good. In this child... This extraordinary, blessed way. This child, Jesus, who says God saves through these angelic hosts. It's almost as if you and I have been named. We've been named the delight and favor of God. And I don't know if you think of that often. What do you think God the Father and God the Son talk about when they talk about you? You ever think about them talking? I don't think we do much. What does the Father say to the Son when He's thinking about you? You're the delight of His eye. You are. This delight, as we are coming into tomorrow morning, is also seen in gifts. 
that we give one another. I know as parents, as we give gifts to our children, our hope is that maybe something brings them immense joy or, and will interest them. That it somehow conveys the affection that we have for them. Well, I'm convinced that this very evening, God, our Heavenly Father, looks down upon us with similar delight. He has given us His very best, His very own life in His Son, Jesus. He wants us to hear of rescue and salvation in that name. Deliverance every time we hear it. And at the same time, I believe God desires for each of us to hear of our belovedness. That you are His delight. He can't wait to greet you tomorrow morning. Merry Christmas.